0: I'm Kari Hurd, Life and Mindset Coach, and this is Purpose Unleashed, a podcast for moms who are ready to unlock their fire, purpose, and passion again. Join me along with guests from my badass tribe for open and uncensored conversations that will inspire and empower you to come a little undone, unleash yourself from bullshit stories that have been holding you back, and rediscover the amazing woman you've been all along. Are you ready? Let's go! Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back. Uh, Today, you guys, we are on part three of this three-part single mommy series that I did with Karina Sawada. I had so much fun doing this episode, or the series, I should say. It was just so much fun for me. I've I've mentioned it on a couple episodes before. It, for me, interacting with other people on these episodes is just it lights me the fuck up. It just, I just really enjoy it. Just to banter with somebody and and kick ideas off of somebody else and to just chat about it, it just I, I love it. I love it a lot. Um, so we're in part three of this series, as I mentioned, and I don't know that the topic is necessarily something that is anybody's favorite topic per se, But for me personally, it it is in that I think it's one of the most important. And for me personally, it was one of the easiest to navigate just from my own personality. And, and the topic we're going to hit on today is co-parenting with your ex or your child's parent, the other parent. Um, and it, when I say it's easy for me, please don't get me wrong. The process as a whole was not easy for me. It's never easy when you're co-parenting, obviously. Um, But for me personally, it was never about me. It was always, always, always about the kids. And I know that that is so hard to do because like I said, it's not like, the process as a whole was ever easy for me. It is really, really difficult to work with somebody, compromise with somebody who you had it, it, the relationship didn't work, right? And it didn't work for some reason. and and so now, and and I remember really, really vividly, when I told my parents, that the girl's dad and I were getting divorced. My dad looked at me and he, he basically said, you know, I, I support your decision, whatever you need. But he said, you do realize that getting divorced doesn't mean you'll be rid of him. Like you have to, he's going to be around for as long as your kids are around. You have these kids together and you have to do this together." And I remember thinking in my head, duh, I know that dad. And yet so many times as the girls were growing up, you know, shit would get really hard and like dealing with him was really hard. Because like I said, you're not with this person for some reason. Your relationship didn't work. That means either you weren't compatible, you couldn't communicate, you know, there, there was something considerably wrong that you chose to end your relationship with the other parent of your children, right? And so to take this, and I'm just going to use the word dysfunctional, okay, to take this dysfunctional relationship and still have to continue to collaborate, communicate, cooperate, all of those kinds of things with this person is really, really fucking hard, really hard. But the one part for me, and this is, I know it's not for everybody, and I know everybody wants to say it is, but for me personally, the one part that was really easy was for me to put my feelings about their dad on the back burner. That doesn't mean I ignored them. It doesn't mean I discredited them. It means any time there was a decision to be made or something that had to happen regarding the girls, it was really easy for me to sort of disconnect my relationship with him because honestly, and again, this was just my experience. I know, I know, I know everybody's is so different. But for me, I wanted as little interaction with him as necessary. And quite honestly, after we were divorced, our relationship wasn't that bad. It wasn't super contentious. I mean, yeah, we had moments of that. But it wasn't so much that our relationship was bad and it's not like we couldn't stand just be in the same room. You know, we went to all the girls' stuff and we we're always, to, you know, not went together, but we were always there at the same, together or whatever. It was just more, I knew that that relationship wasn't one that I needed to pursue sort of energetically. And, and I, at the time, I wasn't obviously that connected to my energies and things like that. I just knew Investing in his and I's relationship was not worth it to me. And so it was just that part for me made it super easy to disconnect from caring what he thought. Because a lot of times we do that too, like, oh, I have to make this decision based on what he's going to think, blah, blah, blah. And it was way easier for me to just say you know what I really don't give a shit what he thinks I'm acting in the best interest of our kids and we did actually and I don't remember if we get into this in the episode or not but I remember he and I having a sit down and basically I just had to say you know here's the thing you have to trust that I'm a good mom whether we worked out or not you have to trust that I'm a good mom and that I'm always making choices in their best interest and once we kind of had that heart to heart It got pretty easy for me to just be able to, to, you know, do what I needed to do. Cause, and I say all of this, please note our, our, um, custody situation is that I basically have had them when we first separated, it was, um, he had them just every other weekend and I had them all the rest of the time. So I've had them 90% of their growing up. Right. And so he just had to learn to trust that I was making good, right decisions. Um, the other piece, and this was this was a lot harder for me based on my history, and my past, and my relationship with my biological father. I haven't talked a lot about that on this podcast yet, and I don't know that right now is necessarily the time to do that, but I, my relationship with my biological father really, really impacted how I looked at their dad as a father, and when I saw him doing things that I knew were going to damage his relationship with the girls. It was really difficult for me to watch from the sidelines. But again, I think the piece that, I don't want to make it sound like it was easy. Please don't misunderstand. It never was. It was hard as fuck. But I could let it be easy. If I disconnected from my emotions about him and just focused on taking care of the girls. And what I kept telling myself and what I've told so many, there have been, I've had so many friends, men and women who have asked like, how do you co-parent when he's such a bonehead or, you know, like I, I had a a dear male friend come to me and his ex-wife was doing all these like, just nothing harmful to the kid, but just like, just bonehead, stupid things. And he was like, what am I supposed to do? You know, I'm watching my child hurt because they don't have this relationship with their other parent that they have. And it's not so much that they don't have the same relationship they have with me, but like, you want to see them have a better relationship with them and the other parent is just being stupid and, and what I tell people all the time is what made it easier for me is separating my emotions about that and just really focusing on, like, I would tell the girls, like, they would come to me and they'd be like, oh, dad did XYZ and it, you know, whatever. And I would just say, you know what, that really sucks and I'm really sorry. And just letting them know. And Karina and I get into this in the episode, but just letting them know that you're there for them no matter what. And, and we talk about that quite a bit in the episode, actually. Um, she goes into some pretty pretty deep detail about how that whole thing played out with um, her son's dad. So anyways, without further ado, you guys, like I said, um, it, not necessarily a... Happy topic. It's difficult. It's really difficult. But I think it's one of the most important because I think everybody always can agree that it's always about the kid's best interest. We know that. But it's so hard because we have so much emotion wrapped up into this other relationship. And I think to summarize what I'm trying to say is that for me, it was letting go of that emotion. Like for me, That relationship with their dad just wasn't a thing anymore, and I just had to let it go. He was just another person, I guess. I mean, he wasn't, but that's how I had to sort of treat it. So anyways, without further ado, you guys, part three with Karina Sawada, co-parenting. I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, If you want to get in touch with her, if you want to find her, Um, All of her information is going to be in the show notes, so find that there. As always, I am so appreciative, you guys, of your support. I'm so grateful that you're listening. You know the drill by now. If you know somebody that can benefit from this, um, I know a lot of you listening aren't maybe single parents, or maybe you are, I don't know. But if you know somebody who could stand to hear this, obviously, please share And then always looking for feedback and ratings. It's just what gets us good listeners, lots of listeners. So, um, yeah, I will see you inside the episode. Um, Welcome back, you guys. We have another episode with Karina this week, third in our three-part series. We are both sitting here. It's Monday morning. We're both sipping our coffee, kind of getting into the week. I was just telling her that I'm feeling super excited about this, but also very low, calm energy. So hopefully that doesn't affect this. We're going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. It is. It is. Because honestly, I this is a topic I get asked about a lot, or I have been, I guess, over the years. And it's the idea of co-parenting when you're not with your children's other parent. So not necessarily co-parenting in the same house, but co-parenting between houses and it's a super difficult thing I think and I don't know like I said I get asked about it a lot like what do you do when you're not agreeing on certain things like should they get a car or should they do this or who should they be friends with you know like there's just so many decisions and when you're not in the same house um, like one challenge, you're obviously not together for a reason so there's that piece of it and then to not be in the same house, you can't sort of have that continuous conversation about it. You know, it's very, it becomes like very choppy communication and so it's just so many levels and so many pieces. So I'm excited for this one.
1: Yeah, me too. I get asked it a lot and I think it'll be interesting because Caden's only five and your kids are so much older. So it'll be interesting to yeah. see like the dynamic between the two. Yeah. We've yeah. We've learned and Yeah. Yep.
0: I think, and I'm gonna call it out right from the beginning because I think the biggest problem people have is they hold on to whatever their issue is with the other parent and let that get in the way. We're just gonna throw that out there. That honestly, you guys, in all the people I've talked to, people I've some of my clients, some of the women I've talked to, friends I've had over the years, even before I was a coach, that is the number one thing that people let get in the way. And it's Whatever issues you had or have with the other parent, they get in the way of parenting and the the child or the children. I think I
1: don't know. I resonate with that so 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 deeply. I okay. 100% agree, and I can completely see that. Just in these five years, like mm-hmm. once we really started to co-parent well, it was after I released and overcame. Mm-hmm all the control and all of the hate and all of the anger and pain and really releasing that, stepping back, forgiving yeah. myself and him for all of the shit um, and really yeah. realizing that we're, we've, we're together in this forever, like we have to move past this and right. make this work for our child
0: right I know my dad when I told my dad that I was getting divorced from the girl's dad um, he said well you know that that doesn't mean he's going away like you you have to continue to work with him for them at least until they're 18 if not beyond you know you, he will al- you will always be connected to him and I was I heard what he said and like my gut knew he was right but I was like yeah I know and I kind of blew it off because I was like well at least I won't have to See him like every day, and then you get into trying to co-parent with them, and yeah, it's super hard because you're so angry at them for whatever you know, whatever happened. You're so angry and you're so hurt, and it, it, it's so hard to hang, to let go of that. And I think you're you hit the nail on the head. It's like once you let go of that, and really, like I don't know about you, but for me, it took a lot of like in those moments when I felt like he was being unreasonable and whether he was or not like a, you know, whatever. But when I felt like that, when I felt that resistance about something related to the girls, it was always like, okay, I need to take a step back and is my resistance about him or is it actually that I'm disagreeing with the parenting decision behind this, you know, and you have to really, really slow down and decide like, am I upset with the actual decision or am I upset with the fact of who it's coming from? Yes. <laughs> yeah. is kind shaking her head like, yes, yes, yes. All the, yes, all oh, the, yes. All and the there's episodes. the, and there's the episode. That's it right there. No, i Like literally done. <laughs> That's it. No. That makes
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But I mean, I think it all comes down to that. Like you could, I don't care what parenting decision you throw at me that that's 100% going to be my first question to you. Do you actually disagree with their, what they're saying as a parent, or are you disagreeing with them because of who they are and what they've done to you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went through that same exact thing. Every decision he made, I was like, no, no. And I'd get super angry and it was my way or the highway and you couldn't do that and Because I was just so upset with him. I was just so upset with him when it's like, okay, Karina, do you really trust that he's going to allow people into your child's life who is going to be harmful? Like, okay, he's got this person babysitting Caden. Do you really think that he's really not going to have your child's best interest at heart? Like, do you really think that he's going to bring people around your child who are going to harm them in any way? No, like... You've just gotta release and just let it happen and have this faith that they're not making a bad decision to put your child in danger. Like it literally is it's a it's a conscious conversation you have with yourself in everything. And I even um I just step away to like if I'm extra if I feel myself just getting heated and angry and we cannot have a conversation. Like, I know that I need to just step away and I need to reflect and I need to ask myself those questions mm-hmm. and then be like, okay, we can come together and we can talk again. Right,
0: right. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, unless there's some super extreme situation where you legitimately don't, like, you are in legitimate fear of safety for your children, right? Like, 99.9% of the time, they're not going to do anything to harm your child on purpose Mm -hmm. and like I always had to remind myself too like I have bad days as mom but it doesn't make me a bad mom just like he's going to have bad days as a dad and that those days don't define him as a dad
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you know now in my specific situation there are other things that came into play that kind of Alter that situation a little bit, I guess you'd say, but it just, you know, on the day to day, like, like you said, them deciding to have somebody babysit or them deciding to take them somewhere that you might not agree to take them. Like they're not doing it to harm them, mm-hmm. you know? And if it turns out not to be the best situation, well, okay. I, maybe I'll choose a babysitter. That's not the best. Or maybe I, you know, like, Those kinds of things happen as a parent and you just have to trust that, like you said, 99% of the time, of course, they have their best interest at heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think that that is definitely the hardest thing. And it really, like we've been saying, it comes down to just you have to let that go. You have to work through whatever your issues are with them um, and not this was another thing. How are you just so calm about it all? Oh no, inside I'm not. (laughs) But my issues with their dad, I worked so hard for so many years. Like my issues with their dad, I never, ever, ever wanted to be their issues. And so it was sort of like, if I saw him making a decision that I didn't agree with, as long as I was somewhere, like, as long as I knew that they were safe or that I could be there if they needed me, it was all about kind of letting him make his own decisions about things. Like, I know Caden's dad for you is in another relationship. And and I know my girl's dad is in another relationship and actually has another child with her. And whether you agree with it or not, that's their decision. And that's how that's gonna impact their relationship with your children and that's none of your business as the mom. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's really controversial, so people are gonna be like, bullshit, that is my business. It's not. It's not. It's not just like it's none of his business who I bring home, it's none of his business who I have a relationship with. It's unless the child is an actual danger, it is no longer your business. When you split from that person, you made the choice their life not to be your business and then it goes back to like we were saying like is it that you actually object as a parent to the decision they're making or is it just some unresolved hurt some unresolved anger unresolved jealousy you know whatever it might be
1: mm-hmm. and most of the time when you dig into that it's the unresolved anger and the hurt and the pain and very 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 mm-hmm. little to do with that parenting decision um yes I resonate yeah over and over and over again
0: (laughs) how was that for you when Caden's dad got into his relationship because that comes up a lot like oh I don't like the new girlfriend there
1: yeah so there were two women um, that he has introduced to our son Um, and the first one we were kind of in this phase of like we have to meet the other person before they're introduced to Caden (laughs) and (laughs) um when, talked about when, that last week yeah, yeah. when Caden was six months old we did that with my boyfriend that and we actually like sat mm-hmm. down and it was miserable I will never no I do not recommend this there's so much control that goes into that and you're still holding on to it um when you sit down and yep. you have to approve this person like that's where that, all that control comes into play um yeah girlfriend he brought around Caden was actually the woman he was with when I was pregnant with him So I, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of emotions there, a lot of pain and hurt and anger that I, and at that point I had not released yet. It actually took me a good two plus years to really start releasing that and actually probably closer to three or four, to be completely honest with you, um, to fully, Mm -hmm. fully forgive myself and him for all of those years of pain and hurt and suffering. Um, but once with this new girl and I really kind of, I was able to release it and it was, it it was super hard at first to know that, okay, she's putting him to bed at night. She's caring for Mm -hmm. him. She's, you know, and Caden would say like, mommy, can you rub my back? Like Ray does like what? Oh my gosh. Like, it was so, so, so hard to hear those yeah. things. But then I had to go inward and say, you know what, Karina? Like, she loves your little boy. There is right? another person here who loves your little boy, who cares for him, who wants the world for him. A whole nother family and grandparents that love mm. him and care for him and treat him like his own. Like, if there's anybody that you want to have around your kids, it's somebody like that. And you don't get to control who that person is. Right? Because that's you
0: know. yeah right because that's the thing you think about the flip side is that the person you want with your child or is it the opposite mm-hmm. right like as much as that crushes your soul a little bit in that moment right because you're like oh because there's that feeling of oh my god she's going to replace me well okay that those are issues you have to work through no she's not going to replace you your mom <laughs> but how amazing and how wonderful to have to know that They have that mom figure. They have someone who, you know, like with, I I remember when I was a kid and I don't know if this came out in one of our earlier episodes, I am also a child of multiple divorces on both sides of my families. And I, I joke with my friends that I actually have a horizontal family bush instead of a vertical family tree, (laughs) Um, which is fine. Um, But I remember I so appreciated when I got my very, very first period the weekend I was supposed to go to my dad's house. And I loved, well, I loved the fact, but I appreciated the fact that I had a stepmom who was super understanding and super helpful because I was having, you know, I just, I was having issues with it and it was just nice to have somebody there who could help when my mom wasn't there. And so just thinking of it, like you're saying, just thinking of it from that way in terms of. I would much rather have that mom that is caring for my child so lovingly than to have you know the opposite yep
1: Yep. yeah so it's it's then it's again it goes back to that control and it goes back to seeing Mm -hmm. everybody through the eyes of love like if you can do that instead of fear and anger that there's somebody else there like no if I could ask for anybody To be a stepmom in his life, like I would want that all day long, all day long. Right. And I want that for me. And I think that was the hardest piece too because she had my family. Not that I wanted a family with his dad, but I crave a family and she had my family. And so I was extremely hurt about that. And it took a long time to overcome that, but I really had to step back and say – Krina, be proud of him, be happy for him, that he has Mm -hmm. this, that he has this love, that he has this woman in his life because you want that too. You want a family and a man to come in and be that positive role model and love Caden like his own and be there and support him. You want that. So you can be, you can have feelings about it. Like I'm allowed to have these feelings about it, but I also- into what does that feel like for them and how can I feel that in my own life and feel into what it feels like to be a family envision it and visualize mm-hmm. this beautiful family unit even though I don't have it yet. So when I have it it's I already feel it and it's already real. Right. And you would want
0: you would want his dad to be as open and receptive to anybody you bring in as you're being like, it goes both ways. You can't say who that, who their dad dates, but then expect him not to have an opinion about, you know, it, it goes both ways. So like you're saying, if you want that family unit, that structure for your life, you have to allow it on the other side, Mm -hmm. you know, and even if, the person isn't someone that you would maybe choose to be around your kids, even if they're not. Like, let's just assume they're a decent person, but not like that super loving, caring. That, that Again, that's none of your business. You don't get to decide that as long as they're not harming your kids. And I think it's, it's so hard, because like while you were talking, it got me thinking like, if I were to leave my girls with a relative, of mine who is that loving and caring would i really be that upset about it absolutely not so the fact that i'm struggling with it means that it has more to do with me and my feelings about the other person Mm -hmm. right about the girlfriend about the whatever the stepmom and so then that's for me to let go of and me to work out right and so it's really doing that gut check about Where are these feelings really coming from? Being really honest with yourself. Like, am I really upset about this or am I just harboring that anger and that resentment? And
1: And I think a big piece of that too is not judging what comes up for you and honoring your feelings and listening to them and allowing yourself to sit with them and not getting mad at yourself Mm -hmm. for having those feelings and thoughts and judgments and anger but being able to move through them because I think we get into this constant cycle of, oh my God, I'm feeling this. So now I'm going to get mad at myself for feeling this and angry at myself for feeling this instead of really sitting and honoring it. Yes. And,
0: you know, feeling if, if, if you're sad about the fact that you don't have whatever it is your ex is creating, you know, over over there will say, let yourself be sad about it, cry about it, mourn the fact that you don't have it. Um, and then it, it just, I think it makes it, I mean, you and I both know this, but it makes it so much easier to kind of deal with it and process it and, you know. So like you said, to let yourself sit with it and just really, I think one of the things I've learned recently is the importance of feeling the feelings like all the way through. Like mm-hmm. I, I used to be a person and especially as a single mom, right? We've talked about this over the course of these three episodes about like having to keep everything sort of in control and in, in line and right. Cause we're the caregivers and we're the masculine and the feminine. And we're all the things. And I used to like hold it all in And then you find yourself crying so uncontrollably about all of it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Nothing gets resolved, really. You know, you're just sad. So then you come out of it still feeling sad, where if you can live in it, acknowledge it, and say, okay, this is what I'm actually sad about, and I'm going to cry about it, and I'm going to cry it out, you actually resolve it and work through it so much faster. Mm -hmm. And if you're holding it all in, and then all of a sudden you have that big blow, because we all do, right? You're crying on the bathroom floor. I used to go hide in my closet, you know, wherever you're hiding and crying, but get it out as it comes up so that it doesn't turn into this big, heavy cloud for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I totally agree with that. You have to let those those emotions just kind of roll their course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What other obstacles have you encountered co-parenting? We have different um, belief systems about um, what it means to be a boy. Um, So we've had to work through a lot of that. Um, He is very much, boys don't cry, boys um, keep it together, boys don't play with dolls, boys don't. And so Caden has had to really grow up, um, and not be a little boy and not be sad. And so from the very beginning, like I, in the beginning, I was like, would go off on his dad about this because I do not agree with it. I very much agree and believe that boys need to feel emotions just as much as girls. And if if he's already gay he's gay like none of that is going to change his sexual identity which is a big part of what his dad believes and I know that's very controversy so whatever you believe I mean I will honor that but uh, so in the beginning I when I was really hanging on to that control I would yell at him and yell at him and yell at him and how can you do this and how can you you know raise our son like this Um, but then once I really stepped back and released that control I realized that Karina as long as you are the safe space for this little boy, as long as Mm -hmm. he knows that no matter what he's feeling, he can come to you for it. He can open up. He can be himself around you. He just has to understand that you're his safe space. And since he was a little boy, I always said, honey, if you ever need to cry, you can just come to mommy. If you need to cry, you can just come to mommy. And he'd always say like, And even then, every once in a while, if he'd get sad, he's like, it's okay to cry around you, right? Like, absolutely, honey. Like, you can come to me and you can talk to me about these things. And we do. And I think part of that is how can you, as the other parent, be the person for them that maybe the other parent isn't, right? And you're not in the same home, so you can't, there's not this back and forth continuum as it would be in the same home. You don't see it immediately and then be able to like counteract that within moments. It's really being open and honest with your kids and just saying like, honey, I, this is what I see. This is what I want for you. And if you ever need anything, you know, I'm here for you. And he knows that he can come to me and we have conversations now that he's older. And, um, I think that's been a very, very, very big struggle for us, especially in the beginning where now it's just kind of like hands off nothing is going to change me yelling at him isn't going to change a thing so enough with the conversations and deal with it with your child
0: right because you only you can only control what you have control over right so it's like you're I I mean oh my god I love what you're saying because it resonates so much I that's what I've lived for 13 years like I can only control my relationship with my girls and I can only control what happens in my home with them and yes, we need to be on the same page about certain things. And at the same time, it, it's a little bit freeing. If you've got that open communication, especially with your kids, and I think it comes down to that. Like you're saying, you've talked to Kayden about like, you can come to me for this. And that was just always my big thing with my girls. Like we just always had open communication. Like things might happen at your dad's house or when you were they were staying with their grandparents for a while like things might happen there but here this is how we operate here this is our space to be the three of us and this is our space and this is where I you know like you're saying like you can come undone with me I'm safe Mm -hmm. Um, and because I think so many people get so hung up in we have to have the same like I watched my parents do this with one of my step siblings like it was i watched my dad like with his ex like we have to have the exact same curfew and she must do this and like they have a journal for like her bathroom habits and like, like it oh was just, like so that they were communicating like this is yeah. the whole time she had a bowel. like i'm like oh my god like if there's something that they need to know i'm gonna tell them but like good lord it, you cannot control what happens at that other home. It's just really what it comes down to. And so it's about making your safe space and making, you know, just, I don't know. I it just, and I resonate so much with what you're saying. Cause I used to, um, I used to tell my family this a lot. because they're like, well, how can you, so for those of you listening, I, I don't want to go into a lot of the details right now, just cause that's not really what this episode is about, but my girl's dad, when we split, had a, a serious issue with alcohol is a big thing that came up with it and so there were some like safety reasons i didn't always want them to go but like in general people were like oh my gosh like how can you just let him like do that to the girls or whatever or, like have that relationship with the girls and i just told and i told him this one day because he he got all on me about because of my family history he's like well you're gonna you're going to meet somebody and have them get adopted by their new stepdad and leave me out in the cold. And like, he had this whole, you know, like his own issue. And I just looked at him and I said, I will never do that. Their decision is going to be their decision. Your relationship with them is 100% up to you. And that's what it comes down to. Like what you're saying, Caden's dad, like that relationship is going to be what it's going to be. Regardless of how much you, like you're saying, like how, regardless of how angry you get, regardless of how many conversations you have, regardless of how much you yell, that relationship is going to be what it's going to be. So why not work on the relationship with your kids, then worry so much about the relationship with the co-parent and controlling that, you know, that clearly that relationship didn't work for whatever reasons. So let that one go and focus on the relationship you have in front of you with your kids and make it something incredible.
1: Yep, yep. And I also think a piece of that is your relationship didn't work for a reason, so there are going to be hiccups. Like, there are, it's not an easy walk in the park. This is not something that we just say, just release the control and it'll be all Mm -hmm. (laughs) hunky-dory. It's figuring out, like... Mm -hmm. (laughs) How can we work together as a unit for this child knowing that we do not get along? We don't, we have our differences for whatever reason this relationship didn't Mm -hmm. work. Um, And, and really just in having that conversation then between the two of you, like, okay, what, what are the, what are the core things we need to discuss? For us, it was school district. Like I knew that we needed to have discussions about school district. We, you know, or daycare. Like he came with me when we were working on daycare because that was something that we wanted to be able to like agree on together. Sure. So we have like our core things that we know that we need to discuss together, involving yep. Kaden Um, You know, his yep. his program and his schooling at preschool, and you know these different things. Um, but then also knowing when yep. we need to take a step back and be like, okay, we just need time to just like debrief and we will
0: come together. Yeah. It's just like any other relationship, right? You have to set up the super clear boundary about what it's going to entail, what it's not going to entail, what energy you're going to spend and what energy you're not going to spend, what things you need to communicate, what things you don't need to communicate. And then from there, just, yeah, like you're saying, I know it's not all woo woo like we're talking about. (laughs) But to some degree it is, you set the boundary And then you let the rest go if it's not within that boundary, if it's not and that does that mean the boundary can't shift or change? Absolutely not. You know, as they get older, like I know one thing we found um uh as my kids got older was just more like how much do we pay for, do we not pay for, whatever? Like, do we buy them a car? Do we not buy them a car? Do we, you know, do we pay insurance? Do we not pay insurance? And we again, we had some different circumstances where really I been the sole provider for their entire life so at some point I kind of quit communicating with him only because he really wasn't contributing and so I sort of felt like then he didn't get a voice but you know it just it morphs as things go right like you're saying now it's about preschool well then as he gets older it will be things like um, you know which school, or if there's ever questions about academics, you know, you, and you, so you change those boundaries as you go, but it's super clear what they are. It's super clear what's negotiable, what's non-negotiable. And then like you guys probably, like you said, you guys learned that, that sit down to meet the other was super awkward. And you've just sort of decided we're not going to do that again. Like, again. <laughs> it's not necessary. Right. And I, and we kind of did the same thing. I think you and I talked about this. It might've been off recording, but um, I had a similar thing where my girl's dad, I happened to be dating before him. And so he wanted to meet anybody that I brought home. And at the time it seemed like a perfect, perfectly reasonable request. Like you want to know who is around your child. And so I kind of agreed to it. And then I learned really quickly that a, it was awkward and B, it was a little bit like, I couldn't grow this new relationship I had because of that boundary and like stupid random logistics like we weren't able to find a time that we could all sit down and get together and I was like well here's the thing I'm not going to put this new relationship on hold because of this concern you have I need you to trust me as a parent you know like am I really going to bring somebody into their life that's that dangerous you know like you said like we said at the beginning so you learn real quick, like, okay, we, we think that this is the boundary. And then you go, oh, you know what? We don't need that particular boundary, but maybe we need this one. <laughs> yep. yep. So should
1: we talk um, parenting schedule?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because So you guys were never married. And I, I only bring that up because that this is going to come into play because our parenting schedule is dictated by our divorce decree. So I want to hear how you guys handled it.
1: Yes. Never married. Um, everything is all verbal. Um, we don't have anything through the courts. Um, when we first Does that started, scare you a little bit, um, in the, or be- has it worked out so far? It's worked out for us, but things have changed and shifted and I, so I'll kind of go into a, it a little bit and I think that'll kind of mm-hmm. answer that a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when Caden was three months old was when this all started. So he was very, very young yep. and we first started with, he was with his dad every other weekend. And this was very much like Caden was little, he was not used to being around kids. Like I was not ready to be away from my baby anymore. And honestly, when we went through this whole process, like I did consult a lawyer and say, what's appropriate? Because I am still breastfeeding and nursing, so I can't be away from my child that much. So right. we started doing every other weekend. As Caden got older, he, um, his dad was like, nope, I'm taking you for 50-50 custody. But then he just never did it. And so there were like consultations with lawyers, but he never actually like filed through with it. Um, So then we ended up just doing every other weekend and once a week. So we had Tuesdays and every other weekend. And that gave me just a little bit more of a release. I was picking up a second job. So I needed more income. It just gave me a little bit more time um, for myself and to debunk. Um, And we did that for, gosh, three or four years um, that way. But again, this was a lot of me controlling because coming out of a toxic relationship with his dad, Mm -hmm. he had so much control over me for so many years. And now that we weren't together, I had the control. He didn't get to tell me what to do. I told him what to do. I didn't keep his son away from him, but I controlled the parenting schedule and I made it mine. You, You literally can't control me anymore. I control you. So for a very long time, it was me controlling the situation, me being so upset that, no, you don't get to see your child more than every other weekend and once a week. So I was right. that bitch. Like, I was that, I was that mom. Um, and it took a long time. I was two too. Weeks. I hear ya. Yeah. Um, and it actually, um, I went to a Gary V event with three of my girlfriends oh, my and we were like sitting in, in this. It, whatever in the stadium, and I remember Gary said like he said something along the lines of "Stop fucking complaining and just do what you fucking have to do to make it fucking happen." It was like something along those lines, and I literally had like <gasps> I was like, "Oh my god!" And I like turned to my girlfriends, and they're all like, "What is going on?" And I just like remained silent, and they're like, "Okay, we need to go talk." So we all went out yeah. into like what? the hallway, and they're like, "Karina, what just happened?" And I like, couldn't say it. And it took me like five minutes to speak out. And I'm like, I'm ready to give his dad 50, 50 custody. And I just burst into tears. Like the, these, this water works. Like it was something that after years I was so not willing to do. And it was releasing so much control that I had carried for so long. And it was this weight that lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, oh like I like I, I didn't know that I was ready for it and I didn't know this was gonna happen and so I then have like reached out to his dad and I'm like okay I think we need to read our parenting schedule um and we since have we've been doing that for almost a year now um and it's been working really well for us um Caden adjusted very, very well. He he was definitely ready for it at the time that we switched it. Um, But even now, like, we're very, like, if I have something come up or if I was traveling for my corporate job, his dad was always more than willing to help and vice versa. He's actually this week with um, his parents. And so he has Caden a little extra. So we've always been able to kind of work like that, but it was very much control Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think it's figuring out just what works for you The every other weekend and once a week worked very, very, very well for us for a very long time. Um, and then, like I said, about a year ago, we switched to split custody, all still verbal again. Um, but it's worked for us so far, but I think if you guys are in a situation where it doesn't work or if any of you listeners are like, there's no way we can do verbal, it just doesn't work like that. By all means get it in writing, go through the court systems, get a lawyer, do what you have to do to make it the best way possible for your kids. Um, That's just, I mean, it's worked for us so far. Yeah.
0: I love what you're saying though about that control piece. Cause I think it does come down to that. If you're honest with yourself, then it's about holding on to control and just going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of like, is it in my kid's best interest to only go every other weekend or is it just me holding on to control to try to spite the other parent? You know, like you were saying, obviously early, early on, there were reasons that Caden couldn't go. Like you were nursing and like there were reasons behind it, but then, you know, like we've been saying that you shift that boundary and you have to, so I love that you guys can do it verbally. We have paper cause we were married. So it got, we spelled out a lot of things in the divorce decree. Um, So legally, their dad had 50% custody. Um, And I think that actually in our paperwork, it says something like parenting schedule as mutually agreed upon. So we kind of had a similar, even though it was in the paperwork, it was similar to you where it was always sort of verbal. Um, The only thing we had was that we had to live within 50 miles of each other. Like he didn't want me to like pick up and go move because my mom lives in Arizona. Like he didn't want me to pick up and go move down there. Um, But, and we did the opposite of you guys. It's actually really funny when we first split, we started almost 50-50 because we lived in the same school district and they could actually even go to the same school. They just had to take a different bus um, and, as things moved he ended up moving out of our district so then it turned into the every other weekend kind of situation and ours sort of morphed opposite of yours.
1: Mm -hmm. So,
0: um, So but like you said it's all about what you're comfortable with and what works for the kid and again it's all about taking that gut check like what truly is in the best interest of my kid? Because it's not about me. It's not about controlling my ex-partner. It's not. It's about what's in the best interest of my kid.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So,
0: yeah, because like I know I watched that same step-sibling that I was telling about where they had like the journal or whatever. <laughs> she could actually – I don't know if they had it in their paperwork or not, but her mom and, and then – we, she and I shared dad and so then her mom and our dad have always lived literally within blocks of each other so that she could even just take the same bus hmm. so she literally would just get on the bus at one house and get off the bus at the other or get on you know like however that worked and I don't know I, I never paid him much attention like if that was actually in the paperwork or if that was something we worked out verbally it seemed like it worked fine but then at the same time There were so many other things like the necessity to have that journal. So I think it's just all about like communicating that and
1: whatever works for you guys like you'll figure it out as long as you set those appropriate boundaries and you have clear communication. You know you can really figure out like what is it like and one thing I want to move out of the area um, and um, not be where I am now which puts us in a completely different school district but In order for me to do that, I've obviously had to be open with him about it. Um, And so he was totally in agreement, totally understanding, totally willing. Um, And We understand that like, okay, parenting schedule might be all wonky. He might move to the area I want to move to in about a year or two. So there might be like this transition period, but we're very clear that that is like as far as you can go. Like, you can't sure. move out a state, you can't move two and a half hours away, but yep. you can be an hour, hour and a half away, um, because we can meet in the middle. And sure. It'll be okay. Um, right, and I think, and
0: then there's also that willingness, like, if you're the one to move, and I guess we kind of always had this verbal agreement, too, like, if you're the one to move you're probably the one that's going to pick up the slack to driving if you decide that the original school district is where you want your kids to be, right? It's not like I can just pack up and be like, okay, I'm moving to that district that's an hour and a half away because it's a better school district, so you're going to have to be the one to drive. Like, you can't just do that. You've got to come up. If if he's willing to do that, that's up to him. But So I love that you guys have that open communication about it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. And I knew that, I like, I wasn't going to make a decision moving or communicating with him because that's a huge adjustment. That's a huge move. I can't, as, as and as right. hard as it is to be like, I can't live my life like just for me, like, I have a whole other person to think about. It's yeah. kind of what we got ourselves into having children. Now we just kind of have to accept that this is where we're yeah. at. We can do what we can with the yeah. situation we're dealt um, for as long as that may be. Um, right. But yeah, that's exactly what my dad was saying.
0: Like you're, you're stuck with this person. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the cards that I pull out of my morning, um, inspiration deck says something like relationships has to do with relationships being like lessons for us. And I think that there is no truer statement that when it comes to co-parenting with somebody that you had a relationship with, you clearly don't have one with them now for whatever reason it might be like, I have learned so much through that relationship, probably more than any other relationship about how to deal with people, about how to set boundaries, about how to let shit go, Mm -hmm.
1: about,
0: you know, releasing anger about all the things, you know, it's, that has definitely been the one relationship that has helped me grow the most. And, and, as weird as this sounds, because I know some of you listening are probably not in this space with your ex, but like, I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I've learned some things and I've become a better person because of that, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I've learned, I've learned the parts of myself that I didn't maybe love when I, you know, like where I had, I don't like to use the word fault or blame, but like my contribution to that relationship falling apart, like he made a whole shit ton of bad choices, but I also had a piece in that, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. So, And that's
0: not necessarily about co-parenting, but it's just that idea that this relationship with your child's other parent is going to be monumental in your life, whether you want it to be or not. Yes. Yeah.
1: I feel it, I resonate
0: (laughs) Right. Um, so something that I want to talk about that I might get a little bit emotional here, it's okay, but um, what you do and Caden's younger, so you don't necessarily have this perspective, but I've alluded to it a little bit in terms of like that other parent has it, like their relationship with your kid is their relationship with your kid. Right. And I don't have control over it. And there were parts of our story As parents, that I didn't tell my kids along the way, just because they weren't age appropriate, right? It wasn't. I, I, I've never ever kept secrets from my kids. I've never. It's always just been about um, honest communication with them in the things that they needed to know at the time they needed to know them. Um, as they've gotten older, and. I want to be able to share the details of it, but I feel like out of respect for my kids and out of respect for their dad, I'm not going to, but um, as they've gotten older, they have learned some things about their dad that have really affected how they see him. And it, it breaks my heart to know that they're that sad and that they're that hurt by it. And at the same time, it's a little bit of a point of pride that I have, you know, I've created and nurtured this relationship with them where like you were saying at the beginning, like I'm a safe space to cry. They know that I'm somebody that they can come to. And it, for those of you who are on the front end of it, if you're not always agreeing with decisions that the other parent is making and you're feeling like you don't really have control over that, I'm here to tell you that, nurturing your relationship with your kids is what's going to be important at the end of the day, because push comes to shove. If that other parent doesn't work through their shit and if that other parent continues to do the things maybe that you don't agree with or whatever, the kids are going to start to see through that and it's going to affect that relationship and they need you to be that safe space that they can fall. And and. It, it, it's been hard but it's also been sort of reaffirming like I'm sure I did all kinds of shit wrong and I'm sure that they're going to probably go to counseling or have a life coach someday and they're <laughs> going to be like healing all this inner child shit that I did and that's fine <laughs> we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but to know that I did that part right is just so comforting and so I just hopefully those who are listening can take something out of that like Again, it just goes back to letting your relationship with that other parent go and letting your child's relationship with that other parent go because that relationship is none of your business either. And that's a hard one, right? A lot of people are going to disagree. Oh, but the relationship that that parent has with your kid is not your business. It is your business to nurture the relationship you have and you be the safety net for them to fall if it happens yes so it's so hard it's so hard you watch especially if you have a co-parent who is making actual bad choices you know like when we first split their dad was still drinking and so I did have safety concerns and I did have things you know I, I did put some legal things into place and whatever but unless I could prove that he had been drinking at the time he picked them up. I really didn't have a lot of recourse. And so I would have to let them go. And so it was this like every other weekend of just letting them go and trusting that they knew they could call me. And I would just say that to him. I would never tell them what's going to happen. I would just always say like, I gave them a little flip phone for like $10 a month that literally only made phone calls Mm -hmm. and they would put it in their overnight bag. And I would just say, if you need anything, you call mommy. If you need anything, you call mommy. And they just knew they could call me. And that's all I ever said. I never said why I never said, I just always said, you know what, if you ever need anything, you just call me. If you need anything, you call me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that maybe once, maybe twice in all the years did they call like actually like, mom, can you come and get us? Um, But it's just doing what you can do to set your mind at ease, trusting that they're going to be fine and teaching them that you are that safety net, that, you know I don't know that was just
1: Yep. it's a hard
0: thing but it's a it's people don't like to hear that though you know people don't like like I remember for a long time feeling like I mean this is I'm just kind of reiterating all the things we've said now but like I wanted to like teach him how much he was damaging his relationship with the girls I'm like you know you want to teach them and you want to show them like You're hurting your relationship with them. You're hurting your children and you don't even know it. And at the end of the day, they don't care what your opinion is. And so you just have to let it go because they're not going to listen anyways. Like you said, right? Right? You get angry, you get angry, you get angry. They don't listen. They don't, they don't listen because they don't give a shit what you think. (laughs) They don't No. just like you don't give a shit what they think. Right. I mean, and so it's just letting that go and controlling. I don't even like that word controlling, but just, you know, being conscious of what you actually have control over and letting the rest go. And it's so hard, but I think that that is the number one thing with co-parenting is it all just kind of comes down to that for me, I guess.
1: Yep. Really see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was the turning point in our relationship and I resonate with absolutely everything.
0: Did you guys ever have, since we talked about schedules and we'll kind of we'll get a little bit on logistics, I guess, quick before we end up kind of wrapping up, but did you guys, since you don't have paperwork and you're doing everything verbally, how do you guys handle things financially?
1: Um, we do have child support through the courts. Um, so he does send that over. But then if like medical bills and all of that stuff, um, I've covered and then I've just kind of let them know that, Hey, this is what it is. Let's split it. Um, because really child support covers half a daycare and that's it. Um, so then we just kind of split the rest of it and everything else. Yeah. Yep. And that yep.
0: tends to be how they figure out child support. I think like, I know for us, they did that where it was like half of daycare. They like took living expenses basically and cut it in half. But then they didn't factor in, like, clothes and things like that. So then we split all that for a while. And then he lost jobs and was unemployed and whatever. So um, ours ended up to be a little bit different, but that's usually what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have our own clothes. And, like, we've got, like, little weird things that we do in our relationship. Like, his dad buys all the shoes. (laughs) Because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's got a thing with shoes. So he buys all the shoes but then we like keep our stuff separate most of the time. Like I've got yeah. my own, you know, or every once in a while like for pictures. It's like, "Hey, do you have a shirt like this?" like and we have a pretty decent relationship yeah. where I can call him and say, "Hey, this is what I'm looking for. Do you got anything like this or can I borrow that or whatever the case may be?" But um yeah. most of it is yeah, split.
0: Yeah. I know. We, I guess we kind of did that for a while, like when we first split, like because they were 50 50 for a while. They had their own clothes over there and they had their clothes. And then I don't know if you guys have found this, but we found that crap ended up back and forth. Like, you know, and then they'd be like, Well, I left that shirt at my dad. And it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, but <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, it honestly. But like, what I hear though from you is, going back to that it's a boundary thing right like you've said that for however weird that feels to you about the shoes that's a boundary Mm -hmm. in a weird way like okay you're gonna take care of the shoes and that there's probably something else that you take care of that yeah it's just what you do and and it's just so much about communicating those kinds of things and letting the other stuff just go
1: yeah yeah. Just being okay with it. letting it roll. It works. It's not creating drama. It's not creating anything else. We just.
0: Right. You know, right. I, and the only reason I bring up money is because that's just such a hot button item for anybody anyways, regardless of your situation. You know, we hold so much emotion to money. And when you're, when you're on the every other weekend schedule and you are responsible for, you know, 90% of their living, but the other parent is only responsible for 50% of the financial piece, I think it can stir up a lot of emotions and a lot of resentment. And it just goes back to what we've been saying this whole episode is that it's just all about, you know, what do I have control over? What can I just let go of? And what is, am I worried about the actual best interest of my kid or am I just harboring some sort of ill will or bad feelings about the other person. And I just, cause that, that was a conversation I had with myself a lot. Like I used to get so frustrated that he paid such a nominal, nominal amount for child support, like ridiculously nominal. And then I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. My children have a roof. My children have clothes. My children have food. Everything else is like then I just would see his contribution as like extra or whatever, you know, it's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's putting it all back into perspective.
1: Yep. Yep. And we're all given the hands we're dealt for a reason. Um, so we just, we just have yep. to accept it. We just have to accept, we can't compare our journeys. We can't compare parents mm-hmm. to parents. Like we've just got to say, this is where mm-hmm. we're at. And how can I make the best of this?
0: Right. Right. Crazy. Other thoughts on co-parenting that are stirring around in there. I don't think so, man. We covered a lot. I know, we covered a lot in these three episodes. And the, as we kind of wrap this up, I want to just thank you because this was so fun. Because this is a piece that as a coach I haven't gotten to explore yet. Is this because I've felt called to serve single moms, but I haven't quite known how? And so this was a great sort of toe in the water for me to start exploring some different avenues as I get ready to do this big rebrand and all of that. So this has been so fun for me and opened up so many things. I'm so excited.
1: Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think how we came together was so cool, and this is really <laughs> fun. Adding creep on you—that's creeping on you. <laughs> hard. Ah.
0: <laughs> yes, um, and then one last time. I think we covered this in episode one, but if people want to find you, where are they going to find you if they missed it in the first episode?
1: Yeah, so you can go to my Instagram, Karina underscore unleashed, um, and follow me there. Um, If you want to add me on Facebook, you certainly can, Karina Sawada, um, but my Instagram is really where most of my stuff is going to be housed, so you can find me there.
0: Can we also talk about the weird coincidence? Okay, I don't really believe in coincidence. The divine intervention of when I started following you on Instagram, after we started kind of creeping on each other and your thing is Karina underscore unleashed. And my whole, like my Facebook community is purpose unleashed and my journal is purpose unleashed. And like that feeling of unleashing things. So yes, I I suspect there's more things to come from Karina and I together. I think there's going to be more collaborations coming.
1: Yes, 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 yes. All right. Well,
0: thank you again, dear. We are going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, Those of you listening, if you want her information, I will have it all in the show notes for you. So you can go peek there. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.